Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Punk Goes Pod, a weekly podcast that travels the depths of the Fearless Records Punk Goes series. That didn't make any grammatical sense, but I do not mind. Sometimes it is really just depths. Yeah. So on a lighter note than depths, we have we are welcoming back a dear friend of the pod today. Uh, he is one half of music duo L. He is a music writer. He is a film critic. He is a jack of all trades. Uh, welcome back, Richard S. He. Hey, how are we doing? Good. For a second, I thought you couldn't hear us, and I was just going to be like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, I would. I would quit. Hey, <laughs> so... permanently. <laughs> yeah, just this one instance. Nah, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> This is going to be a five-year project, but we didn't even make it to one, so I'm done. No. Oh, dear. So we are trying out a new, I don't know how new it is, new for us technology called Zencaster, which allows us to record two sides of a conversation happening in two different houses because we are all under ISO, as they call it these days. Let's be real. If it was invented after about 2002, it's new to me. Sure. <laughs> yeah. How are you going, Richard? How are you coping with ISO? Um, how are you keeping your days filled and thriving? Filled? Thriving-ish. I feel like I fluctuate. Like, I go, uh, I just bounce around mentally. Um, but, like, I definitely yeah. have enough on my plate. That's not a problem. So, it's good to have, like, a creative outlet or two. But I'm also keen to uh, take up residence on this podcast for the foreseeable future as well. Gladly. There's mm. something very comforting about having your voice just coming out of our little computer speaker. It's hey. I'm going to say I'm going to be the that person though. If you're going to take up permanent residence, you're going to take up editing duties as well. Ooh, okay. No, not for it. every episode. We can we can split it three ways. That is a thing that can happen. <laughs> this is going to work like a dream. I can just tell. Um. So, yeah, weird times at the moment. Um, personally, I am about, well, I am in week three of self-isolation. Um, mm. Feeling fine, going a bit stir-crazy. Speaking of, I want to shout out just real quick uh, a fitness movement called Stir Crazy Movement. Uh, I sent a link to Richard over the weekend <laughs> and was like, this is basically just our brand, 100%. So Stir Crazy Movement is organised by and run by uh, guitarist for the matches, uh, Jonathan Devoto. And he, when he's not being a touring band guy, he does fitness videos and is a personal trainer. And if anyone is looking for something to move their body around a bit, I can thoroughly recommend it. Um, I just did an class that was to do with Weezer's Pinkerton and it was just us skanking to Pinkerton and stretching and doing core work and it was wonderful basically. Wow. Did you did you watch any of this Richard? No, I didn't get to see it. Did it live up to expectations? I was gonna ask you I was gonna ask, well I didn't watch it, but I was gonna ask for your comparison between that and DDP yoga. 
What's DDP yoga? Diamond Dallas Page oh, is a profe- was a professional sorry. wrestler and he's like <laughs> yoga guru now. He's, I think you mean a yogi. He's quite amazing. But okay. sure, yeah, he's probably a yogi. Sure. I was going to say he was the one in WCW where his theme oh was his theme was smells like teen spirit, but it was like backwards. Oh, I've showed you like that. the inverted. Sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah a rip off, but a charming one. So yeah, this week. Hang on. Can I say? Can I ask you a question? With three weeks of isolation, yeah, would you say that you feel like you're going on the rails off, on a crazy train? Going off the rails on a crazy train. Yes, I would, Sam. You could tell by the fact that I interrupted you that that came just straight off my head at that moment. I was very excited about that. <laughs> I can also tell by the way that you flubbed the lyrics. That that it I was came. just so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, I feel like we're not giving Richard much time to actually say anything at the moment. No, I'll raise my virtual hand if I really need to interrupt. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's this excellent function where you can just raise your hand virtually, which is just delightful. Yes, Richard, go for it. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing specific to add. Um, no, I like. I will raise my hand back to you in solidarity. So, sorry to cut to interrupt the uh, hand raising there, <laughs> but uh, this week's song is "Crazy Train" by Ozzy Osbourne as covered by Forever the Sickest Kids from Punk Goes Classic Rock. Mm-hmm. 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 So let's get right into it. Richard, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Would you like to start by listing off some factoids about Ozzy? Sure. So Ozzy Osbourne, born John Michael Osbourne, was born wow. in 1948 in Birmingham, England. Uh, he was one of the founding members of Black Sabbath, the very first heavy metal band. Uh, he made eight albums mm-hmm. with them until he was fired in 1979, um, after which he um, married his manager's daughter, Sharon Arden, later known as Sharon Osborne. She kind of mm-hmm. uh, helped his solo career get off the ground. And um, that's what leads us to Crazy Train and his first solo album, Blizzard of Oz, from 1980. Shit. There you go. That was all off the top of your head, wasn't it? Uh, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> I did rip up some of your notes. Yeah. Love it. So, Sam, <laughs> I feel like I stole Sam's thunder. He left a very specific note to remark that Ozzy Osbourne was born the same year as his dad. Yep. So shout out to Jeff <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> I <right>. love you, Dad. <laughs> um, so, Sam, do you want to fill in the gaps from your research? Uh, sure. All of that great stuff that Richard just said. <laughs> uh, he's also, like, it's Ozzy Osbourne. I feel like we don't really need to go too much into the Am details I- with him. It was like when we did Britney Spears or, like, Taylor Swift's like, you kind of know, but look, if you didn't, he was the star, the focal point of a, well, not, he wasn't the focal point, but he was, there was the reality, there was the reality television show, The Osbournes, which was um, him and two of his six children. Do you have six children? I think he has about six children. I think three prior to Sharon and three with Sharon. Yes. Jesus. Um, So yeah, it's him. Jack Osborne, Callie Osborne, and Sharon Osborne, and their life living in, I think it was Los Angeles. Mm. Um, 
and we will be talking about the television show later on. But it was very, uh, it was really popular. Did either of you watch it? I did. I did. I was a bit too young and didn't have cable at the time, but yeah, it was around. You're the same age as me. I'm a little bit. I'm like one year younger than you. I don't know. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. See, I watched it for Kelly. I thought she was great. But did you then later on watch it for Bert McCracken? Because he's on it briefly. Oh, was shit. It? See, no, I was too young to recognise the... Yeah, um, when they dated. Thingy. No. Uh, he's on there for a couple of episodes. No, I was a huge fan of Kelly's solo career, so that's yeah. how I got into it. Mm. It's terrible. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> we have not done um, Kelly Osbourne at karaoke ever, so... I know. Maybe that's a sign. Oh, that's a little list. Yeah. Oh, sh- maybe that's... Yeah, maybe if we had done that, things wouldn't be so backward now. But <laughs> that was the thing that was staving off everything. I know they were was, just like, "Fuck's sake, why haven't they doing Kelly Osbourne a karaoke?" Yeah, yeah, we'll rectify this as soon as we can. Um, it kind of, well, I guess it sort of gave new light to Ozzy Osbourne. I feel like that's where like the joke of Sharon mm. came about. Definitely was the television show. Um, one year my parents got me for my birthday uh, one of those talking cards and it was a, it was pretending to be Ozzy Osbourne and it was just like him like, oh, like swearing but like beeping it out and at the end, oh, Sharon! Yeah. Like wishing you a happy birthday. He swears a lot and then calls out for his wife. I remember those. And it was kind of, mm. I do remember watching the television show and there were moments where it was like, you kind of remind me of my grandfather but my grandfather was not like all there, yeah, because he was in his eighties. I mean, was that sort of the underlying thing? Is like years of drug and alcohol abuse. Yes. He, yeah, he's fucked. It's kind of depressing when you think about it in that lens, because yeah, they definitely mm. played off the doddering, like oh, sure, like yeah, but it's kind of like yeah, this is sad. Anyway, what's <laughs> he's still alive, so that's he... a miracle in unto itself. And just just released a new album, so yeah, which is pretty good yeah. in my opinion. So, so he was the namesake for the music festival Ozfest. Excellent. Um, lots of heavy metal bands have played Ozfest. Uh, I don't know if it's still going on or not, though. No, it hasn't been for a few years. Okay, I remember there was rumours that it was going to come to Australia at one point, and then it didn't. Mm. And then well, that would just be called Aussie Fest. Oh, ha ha ha. Yeah, Black Sabbath. <laughs> Black Sabbath did play here twice in the 2010s, and um, yeah, I got to see them both times actually, which is really cool because it was like oh, one right. show that was filmed for a Blu-ray, um, and another one which Lasty. was like the the end tour, so their final tour, effectively. Oh wow! Mm. Nice, cool. Uh, and he was an accused Satanist, but has denied the claim. He is also an, an alleged Satanist, I should say. Um, but then he's also an alleged Catholic, so... Oh, which who knows? is it? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, and you've also written, Richard, his latest album, Ordinary Man. It's surprisingly good. I did say nice. that. <laughs> Can you give what's, what's, what's your whole opinion on Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath and all of that? I'm a huge Black Sabbath fan. I like all their periods, even the like the kind of mediocre ones without even Dio uh, have some interesting stuff. Um, one of my favorite metal bands ever, Aussie Solo. There are portions I like more than others, like the Randy Rhodes stuff, which we'll get into. I think is great. Um, 
No More Tears. His, I think his second album with Zach Wilde is real interesting. Has some like Beatlesque songs on it, but he has a lot of music where he's kind of just there. You know, he's not really a presence. He's like this old guy in the middle of a bunch of studio musicians. But the the newest album kind of course corrects a bit for me. He he's more present. He's having more fun. Um, it's executive produced by uh, Andrew Watt, who is Post Malone's main producer. Oh, so okay. there's yeah a bit of a an injection of new life there, and it has like Chad Smith and Duff McKagan, and I think Slash and a few others on like, nice. in the band. So yeah, and there's a song um the title track "Ordinary Man" with Elton John, which is just great. Like him kind of doing his Beatlesque thing and looking back on his life. So. Yes. Nice. I do feel like I saw press surrounding that and I just kind of went, oh, okay, and then kept reading. Mm. Um, yeah, that Such sounds cool. British dudes. This is going to be a real controversial uh, opinion for a metalhead to have, but yeah, like they kind of they don't do much for me, neither Black Sabbath nor. I can, I can appreciate their influence on stoner and doom metal. Mm. Um, his solo stuff... Yeah, kind of doesn't do much for me either. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna name like two British heavy metal acts that I adore. It's Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. I feel that they're and the I second they, they were, Yeah, I feel like they were much more influential on metal going forward, mm. and into like the decades later on. I don't know, and I like you talk about heavy metal, and most metalheads will go instantly to Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne, but I think it's yeah. those two. I love those two bands. Yeah. Um, okay. What would you say is your favourite Sabbath album? Oh, look, I couldn't even... I don't even own a Black Sabbath album, so... Well, no one needs to these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, true, but I think I only ever listened to Black Sabbath in torrented form. Like, I think I only listened to them in selected songs. Oh, there you go. So I don't think I've listened to it. I don't even think I've listened to an entire Black Sabbath album. I will do my homework and listen to a bit of stuff. Yeah, check out Paranoid and like Master of Reality because they are Stone Cold classics, in my opinion. So yeah, and as I said, like I can appreciate their influence on stoner and doom metal, and it's like I love doom metal. I love mm. Death Doom, and I can see that that was the precursor to that. But eh, it just sort of I don't know didn't really do much for me. Fair enough, but that is not what we are talking about today, I guess. No. <laughs> no, but like, you're the music critic. I wanted to get your opinion on it. I wanted to see if you had any hot takes. Um, I think you have the hot take here, Sam Merrifield. So. Yeah. I think I do. Yes. So, about the song, my lovely. Just real quick, I'm putting on my virtual hand and my physical hand up. Um, Ozzy Osbourne is a Christian, according to Google. Cool. Good on it. That makes sense. I mean, Tony Iommi has a fucking great cross on his guitar. Like, who? The guitarist of Black Sabbath. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's like, is it really that shocking? Like, I, I mean, know. I totally get, like, they borrow a lot of the iconography and stuff to sort of subvert it. But, but they don't, they kind of don't, though. That's all right. Like, it's yeah. fine. Like, he was just sort of, and especially, especially the Aussie era, like the early 80s stuff that he was doing, it was more, it was very campy horror stuff, like sort totally. of hammer horror. Like, you know, Bark at the Bark at the Moon, which I think is a far superior song to Crazy Train, is mm. all about like werewolves and just campy horror. That's great. You no. Know? 
I was going to ask what Hammer Horror is, but I feel like we should... It was like a British horror studio. Right. Yeah. Okay. People like Christopher, Christopher Lee was a big Hammer Horror OG. I don't know. I can't, I'm just trying to come up with a, with a word. <laughs> I feel like there's like this sort of sheen of stress on this episode. Um, so let's just I feel like you're making it like a sheen of stress on the episode. I think, sure. I think Zencaster has a slightly bigger delay than, than Skype, although it has better audio quality. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's jump into Crazy Train. All aboard. Choo-choo. Do you want to do your favourite bit? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Crazy Train is the first single from Ozzy's debut solo album, Blizzard of Oz, which was released in 1980. Uh, Sam noted that Ozzy was aged 31 years old at the time. I think Richard noted that. Ah, Richard that noted was that. was my note. May I yes. ask why? Why? Oh, no, just <laughs> curious because, like, um, I, I don't know. Born in 1948, made that first Sabbath album when he was like 21 or something. So it's like his solo debut. He was already kind of an icon, but you know, this is like the second half of his career mm. at this point. Nice. Can I just come, like? Can I just come in if we're talking about people who did young things? Who people who did things when they were young? I was watching a thing today, Richard, about um. Like metal. I swear to God, if this is about wrestling, no, it's I'm not. going to cry. It's not <laughs> about um, metal album covers. And so the the cover, the guy who did the cover for um, Morbid Angels, um, Altars of Madness, and oh, Left Hand Park. Yeah, both. Like, I'll agree with there with you. Like, those are both sick albums. Yeah. Um, the the dude was like 18 when he did those album covers. It was like that kind of makes sense. Job. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to interject <laughs> with that little factoid. This is great. I love not having a face to look at. <laughs> Although it is kind of delightful just picturing that Richard is just... The computer. Or just, yeah, like just a piece of tech, like sitting in my <laughs> office, like, hello there. <laughs> I've been like compressed into like your laptop. <laughs> or like The Simpsons where Abe becomes like that mm. love machine. The love tester. Oh, so, yeah, I'm just working at home every now and then. I'm just like, Richard, what do you think of this thing? And then this voice comes out of my speaker. Well, hello, angels. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Crazy Train was written by Bob Daisley, Randy Rhodes, and Ozzy. And the song went two times platinum in the US. Uh, now we've got here, so does it make a brief mention of? Yeah, so essentially after Sabbath, um, Ozzy took his time to put together a solo band and um, the lead guitarist he found was Randy Rhodes, who had played with the band Quiet Riot before then. I think he was really young at the time and kind of a wizard. So, uh, Sam, yes? Yeah, I didn't realize that he, I didn't realize that he founded Quiet Riot. Yeah, yeah, I think he did the first two albums before they got big, actually. Um, But yeah, Yeah. Randy Rhodes was kind of a a guitar whiz, so kind of similar to Eddie Van Halen, but I think actually 
more interesting as a songwriter, in my opinion. But um, he only made two albums with Ozzy before he and a few others died quite tragically. Um, I think what happened was uh, they were on tour at the time, right? Ozzy and the band. And um, um, they're in a plane and like a small like passenger plane. And they decided to like buzz the tour bus that the rest of the band was on. But like the pilot of the plane like crashed it. So yeah, one of those like crazy rock stories. So what could have been? Wow. Yeah. Mm. Good lord. Funny comparison to uh, Eddie Van Halen. How they've both they both had their signature guitars and like guitar look. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, Eddie Van Halen's guitar with like the red and all the white and black stripes on it, and Randy Rhodes had the polka dot guitar. Yeah, the Flying V. I think he also had a. I think he had a Dean, the same that Dimebag Daryl used. Yeah, I think similar. Yeah, something like that. Also a big influence on yeah Dimebag. Yeah, and Eddie Van Halen as well. Indeed, was a was a huge influence on Dimebag. Mm. There you go. Good lord, you're looking into it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. No, I was just reading an account of it on Wikipedia. It's awful. Cool. So I also wrote down um, Donald Trump used the song for a Twitter video that he made during the 2016 presidential campaign. Um, Ozzy and Sharon denounced Trump for using the song without their permission. And then they said, hey, why don't you um, why don't you use some songs from people that actually support you, like Kanye West, Ted Nugent, and Kid Rock. So three three musicians who very vocally supported the man. Um, I think Sharon was on an, a season of Celebrity Apprentice, so. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Isn't Sharon kind of probo? Like- Kelly is. Ooh. Well, Kelly had Kelly had a, a remark, especially during the, the presidential election. That's um, right. About, yeah, about Mexicans. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think if you look into all of it, they're all pretty problematic. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne tried to kill Sharon Osbourne at one point. So. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yes. Christ. So I think if you look deep enough into it, yeah, there's probably going to be some shit. Oh, uh, she yeah. voted for Brexit. There we go. <laughs> oh. I didn't realize she was still like. Had a British passport, even like citizenship. Yeah, that surprises me. I think I remember from watching the Osbournes, they had a mansion in England that they would go to from time to time. Oh. So, yeah, right. There you go. Good lord. But again, it, it doesn't affect them if they're living in America. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Ozzy had a very like on a personal level. I feel like he had a very uh, up and down nineteen eighties. Like I don't really know when that period ended for him, but. Yeah, this was like uh, in in the middle of it, if anything, because he got fired from Sabbath for like effectively drinking too much and like not really being present anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. So by the time uh, this song on the album came out, it was like a full on revival. Like he had like practically dropped off the face of the earth. So this like really revived his career. Some say he's still in the eighties. <laughs> All right. So. We've broken it down. We've spoken about Ozzy and the song. What do we actually think about the song? Richard, guests go first. Sure. Yeah, I I, I really love it. I think it's a, a fascinating little slice of pop metal because, um, mm. like, you break it down to the basic structure. Like, it's a great pop song, you know. Um, but also as a metal song, it's got, what, like, two or three really cool riffs. Um you're at the bass opening, the guitar, and like the verses. That's a sick riff. Yeah. 
It is an iconic riff. Yeah, and plus, like, Randy Rhodes kind of doing his thing, playing lead guitar all over the whole song in a way that really, yeah. I think, enhances it. Um, you've got, like, his iconic tapping solo. And um, it's, like, musically, it's such a big contrast to Black Sabbath because it's so, like, major key and melodic and kind of happy sounding. But then you've got yeah. the lyrics, which are quite... I don't want to say typical Aussie, but he had written a lot of songs about, I mean, he had sung a lot of songs about being crazy and paranoid and stuff. Just, um, yeah, this one was a bit more, not like neither pessimistic nor optimistic. You know, I always say that, um, the only reason this song works is because it was a, a sung by a guy with a super weird voice and who really like embodied it. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like I I now that I think about it, I can't really picture it being sung without the kind of pomp that he brings to it. Like yeah, it sort of needs that over the top kind of delivery for it to check out, I guess. And I think when we get into the the other covers, we learn that it does need to be like it's sort of inimitable almost. Mm. Like yeah. he does it. When we we do get into one that's that's weird, um, and we'll save that for for when we talk about it. Um, sort of like a, another weird kind of singing style, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I think the yeah the the opening guitar riff is definitely iconic. Um, the chorus I'm all about. The verses I don't know. I think when you when you break it down and call it what it is, Richard, which is pop metal, mm. it makes a bit more sense to me. But, like, I think when I first heard it, it was, like, after listening to Black Sabbath a little bit and going into that, I was kind of shocked that it was a brighter sound than everything Black Sabbath had done up to that point. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a bit, bit, of, a, bit of a strange thing. And also, I can't not hear it in my head, and it's, I'm probably wrong, but the the little bits in between that uh, and I'm going to, I can't even remember how it goes now. The um, it's, it's just a that is the bit from the best song in the world. The Wendy's training video song. Wow. The chorus. It sounds like the chorus to that. Oh, there you go. I really want to pull that up and play it. The hot drinks really get you going. <laughs> Legitimately Sam's favourite song. I, I I have not mentioned it up until this point, but I discovered, I think it was on Reddit, it was like, it was a training video for Wendy's in the 80s on how to make hot drinks, like coffee and cocoa. And, and it's seriously, the song is amazing. I love it. I love it. Oh. I unironically love this song. So. Yeah. I'm at the point of ISO where I'm just going to be a shithead and call it ISO like everyone else is because why not? Do it. But, like, everything is just super-duper funny to me. <laughs> like, yep. Even I'm funny too. Yeah. So, like, it's great because, like, at least I'm keeping some form of levity about it. But, yeah, I'm just sort of, like, cackling by myself at home with, like, a sheen of sweat on my brow just all the time. <laughs> like... This is just where I am now. It's the pits. 
So, yeah, I can guarantee that once we're finished recording this, I'm going to listen to that Wendy's song way more than I should and just revel in how wonderful nah, it is. Nah, you should be listening to it daily. Oh, man. Learn how to make some hot drinks. Fuck off. No. I wish I had some hot drinks. <laughs> oh, no. Can we send you a care package? <laughs> no, that's all good. I, um... I, I could go for a milkshake right now, but like, you know, just don't have the option. I know. That's the thing. Yeah. Ah, well, we'll live. <laughs> the years start coming. Indeed. All right. Do we have any other thoughts on the uh, on the original song there? I don't have much to add, mostly because I'm quite unfamiliar with Ozzy Osbourne and just his back catalogue, like his whole thing. Again, like these guys fall under the category of metal that I wouldn't classify as metal, but then of course yeah. it's that old school brand of like original without all the sludge and all the shit added to it. Like that's what I mean. Like you're sort of, I mean, Judas Priest started in the same year as Black Sabbath, but I don't know. I just I gravitated far more towards them and Iron Maiden, and mm. that's more the the sound I was after and still am. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's, I think it's a good song. I don't think it's the best. I still, like I said, like I think Bark at the Moon's a better song. I think Mr. Crowley's a better song. Mr. Crowley is great. Yeah. 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 About Alistair Crowley. Yeah, indeed. And um, like Suicide Solution is really a real highlight from this album as well. For like, yeah, yeah. like bluesy rock, not quite, doom but also like you know incredible shredding all over it so as someone who isn't familiar with any or much of his slash their stuff at all i really like this song like it just has that right sort of vibe to it like and yeah we've all remarked ahead of recording this episode like what a perfect song for right now (laughs) like yeah i love that brand of songs where it's like upbeat very sort of posy sounding but then the actual content of the song is quite almost cynical or like just a bit sort of mm. defeatist or yeah, I really love that kind of brand of music. I don't know. I think it's just cause I grew up listening to emo, but like, it's kind of like he's, he's going crazy, but people aren't going to listen to him. So he's just going to make, he's just going to hide it under a poppy song. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of always had both like the optimism and like the craziness to his persona. Yeah. Yeah. No. I will I will say your thing, Emma, when you said like he like you don't it's that brand of metal that you don't quite classify as metal. He also classify he also agrees with you. Ozzy Osbourne has said I don't see it as heavy metal. It's hard rock. Well, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. That just I just remember that because I remember that from the Ozfest DVD I had oh, where yeah. he gets interviewed. At this point, our audio dropped out. And we are back. We are back. So, what do you reckon? Shall we jump into FTSK? Sure.
so we have already um, we already did an episode on Forever the Sickest Kids. For those of you playing at home, um, mm-hmm. you can also if you aren't playing at home, uh, you need to be in home right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're playing outside, get back in your home. If you're a new listener and you haven't gone back into our back catalogue, uh, it is the Men in Black episode, and that was a oh, yeah. that was one of our I think that was one of our favourite songs actually. Yeah. So far, yeah. it's, it's up there. It'll probably be in the top five mm. of the best covers we've done. Um, so yeah, we don't really have too much to discuss because we've already discussed their history. I guess. I hope that we did. I didn't go back and check. But... No, I'm sure we did. we would have. Yeah, it's fine. We would have. <laughs> Can't believe that was six months ago. That episode. I know this is bonkers. Yeah, it was episode six. Yeah, like yeah, we weren't even into double digits yet. So I know what a time. I wouldn't mind jumping six months ahead at this point. <laughs> yeah, oh, Christ, I know. I'm jealous of bears because they can just go to sleep for six months and then wake up. <laughs> All it is is they're just a bit hungry. Yeah, they don't have like rent to pay or you know bills nah. or anything. Oh, they no. just stockpile the whatever it is they. Eat. <laughs> what, what do bears eat? Bears eat salmon. Uh, well, and people. <laughs> a balanced diet. I think they're omnivores, right? I think so. They eat a bit of everything, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just take control of our metabolisms, you know, and slow it to a crawl, and then we'll all wake oh, up. I wish I could. Yeah. My metabolism is. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I know someone who would love to. Sleep for six months straight. Oh, my God. It's the dream. Mm. Just, like, eat a shitload of food and just sleep for six months. <laughs> what a dream. Ah, yep. oh, to be a bear. I know, right? So, as we mentioned off the top of this episode or at the top of this episode, Forever the Sickest Kids recorded this cover for Punk Goes Classic Rock, which was released in 2010. So that's kind of depressing to think that it's already like ten years old. Just about, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do we think of it? I like it. I like it. I like <laughs> it from the very beginning that it's cyber themed. So like even the all aboard is like a robot. Um yes, they've obviously got a synth player or a keyboard player in the band. I told you this the other day, Emma, that it makes me think of when some like a movie in the eighties would predict the future, but it's not like the future a million years from now. It's the future like twenty years from now, and they just get the future completely wrong, and it's just so delightful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. What's your favorite? What's your favorite movie future? Either either of you two. I'm gonna let you take this one, Richard. I'm gonna pull up my letterboxed rankings Ooh. because I have very bad free recall. How is it not the Back to the Future two future? With the hoverboards and... Back to the Future 2. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Um, Further back into the future. Oh. I feel like all the sci-fi films I like are just too dystopian, so... <laughs> yeah. I wanted I wanted to spend my 30th birthday last year watching Logan's Run oh, and yeah. instead, instead, like a delightful person and wonderful person <laughs> that she is... My fiance planned a surprise birthday party for me <laughs> with all my friends and all the people that love me. Was it a was a cracking up. party. It was a good wow. party, yeah. But I just thought that that would be funny watching a movie about a dystopian future where you get killed off at thirty, and I watched Aww. that for my thirtieth. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably be watching it in real time next year. Am I right? Hey. Uh, 
Also, I haven't um, found a single optimistic looking sci fi world oh. yet. <laughs> I will abstain. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I can't think of one. Like, I can't think of a. Is Pokemon in the future? Beg your pardon? Is Pokemon in the future? Uh, well, Pokemon's in a world where 10 year old boys are allowed to just roam. True. It's like a, a quasi utopia to me because, like, humans yeah. live in harmony with animals. Um, the economic system seems to be perfect, but also makes no sense. Like, where does the money go? Um, <laughs> like, uh, kids, uh, yeah, kids are just sent off to fend for themselves. I don't know. Yeah. And plus no one ever ages. Yeah. Yeah. No, look. That's, I, th- I think, I, I can't think of a future movie, besides Back to the Future 2, I can't think of a movie where the future is kind of happy. And even, like, Back to the Future 2 is a bit sad, but that's, like, more sad for one singular person. Yeah. Mm. More sad for Marty because he becomes a loser as, an, as a grown-up. <laughs> that's a weird movie. I love Back to the Future 2. Yeah. It's, like, un- understated yeah. how bizarre that film is, if you think about it. Yeah. I also love the future of the Alien movies, but mm. look. <laughs> let's get back on track. Forever the sickest kids. They were sick when they ingested those xenomorph eggs. <laughs> and yeah, so I I just back to my point, it just feels like they're like doing that whole like eighties predicting the future thing and it's so wildly off, but it's so delightful to watch. Yeah. Um I also have been playing a lot of Doom Eternal, and Sick. I could kind of see the backing, like the the instruments for this being in that. Like when you're starting mm-hmm. to kill some hell demons, um, I don't know what you'd call the musical genre in that in those games. It's like heavy metal dubstep. Yeah, yeah. Would you call it Doom Metal. Perhaps? No, it's not Doom Metal. It's too <laughs> it's too fast for Doom Metal. I think they call it, it's kind of like electro industrial. So. Like oh, yeah. Nine Inch Nails, um, they really mix the guitar with the synths, but like crank it up to eleven. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like dubstep metal, and like it's it like those heavy like drops and everything as well. Yeah, right. Sound design is like unbelievable in that. Yeah. Yep. Mick Gordon is a wizard. Who? Uh, Mick Gordon, the um, the producer behind the soundtrack. Ah, he's Australian. Ah, yeah. He got a a, a death metal choir. On the oh. soundtrack, so I'm waiting for it to like come out on Spotify and everywhere because, um, yeah, obviously the game's out, but the soundtrack isn't out yet. But yeah, it'll be a yeah. Fun time. that's awesome. Speaking of synthesizers, um, some of the synthesizers in this cover remind me of Van Halen's Jump. I actually wish there were more. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. What else is cool about it? Like, um, I think the production is fantastic, sounds really full and yeah. warm. Um, yeah, there's like a halftime breakdown after the guitar solo and like a, mm-hmm. a slow breakdown at the end with some dissonant chords, yeah. which I think rules. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, I really like it. I think it might be more impressive like to people who don't know the original at all. Um, like if you thought it was in... Uh, yeah. If you thought they wrote it in a way because they pull it off. That's a Yeah, that's a good point because... Like, I thoroughly enjoy it, but I still think that the original is better. Mm. Like, whereas had I listened to this 10 years ago without the, uh, yeah, without the context of Ozzy's version, 
it yeah like i would have been like holy shit this is amazing because like they are incredible musicians for Mm. what it's worth like um and they certainly do this song justice but at the same time yeah oh i see a yellow hand (laughs) here yeah i was gonna ask how close is this song to like their general sound could not tell you (laughs) Yeah, I need to listen to more of their non-punk yeah. ghost stuff. Right, yeah. Although I, yeah, I do suspect it's kind of similar to their usual offering. I always but, yeah. thought from their name that they were like a metalcore band, but yeah, I was surprised to find out they yeah. were just straight pop punk. That's cool. Yeah, like they're literally just known as, yeah, pop punk. Um, when you Google them, it just says pop band, which is kind of funny. Mm. Um, yeah, I get the feeling this is maybe like an in-between kind of sound, but also I have no fucking clue, so I'm going to stop <laughs> guessing. Um, yeah, I do want to give them more of a listen, and now is the perfect time to, because I have literally nothing but time on my hands. I think mm. it's just fun. Even the name is a fun name. Yeah. Yeah, and as you said, like, they're great musicians. Like, they don't shy away like the guitarist pulls off the the guitar solo yeah. doesn't shy away from doing that i feel like he kind of sounds a little bit like david lee roth as well like to make even more comparisons to van halen oh as a singer yeah i can hear that yeah yeah it's like american and flamboyant i guess yeah mm. i i remember when i was writing my selena gomez career recap for billboard this year like i remember coming up yeah. across her saying she was a big fan of forever the sickest, the sickest kids oh, sick. yeah That's awesome. i think like actually around the same time actually 2010 or so yeah. yeah and she was in a band called uh selena gomez and the scene so yes they did love you like a love song yeah. didn't they such a good song holy shit Going by their covers alone, like, they are so, so good. Um, And, yeah, I can totally see them being one of those bands, like, had I been the right age. Uh, Actually, I would have been the right age at the time, but had I had the access bandwidth to get into them, like, (laughs) both literally and um, not literally. I forget what the word is. Figuratively. (laughs) Thank you. Um, yeah, like I would have been super keen on them, I reckon. Do they come up again for us? Uh, yes, they do. At least once more, I think. Cool. So. Well, by, by that time, we'll have a, a better opinion on their non-Fearless record stuff or their non-Punk Go stuff. Yeah. So. Now we have one more of them at this stage, it looks like. The, the future's always bright. They seem to be still pumping out more albums, so keeping mm-hmm. the lights on for us. Exactly. Well, I mean, they could put the lights on for us because Fearless Records could endorse us and pay us to do this. <laughs> sure. That's a good idea. <laughs> anyway. All right. Shall we? Um, I feel like, you know, we've talked enough about FTSK. Next. I feel like uh, this is what. Your um, this is what you've been wanting to talk about the most, <laughs> Richard. Uh, when we get into now other covers, yeah. So this next um, one is a real interesting one. My mental wounds not healing. Who and what's to blame? I'm going off the rails on a 
The singer Pat Boone did a cover in 1997. And so he was this like 50s and 60s pop singer who was basically known for doing like more wholesome, like smooth covers of like R&B hits at the time. Like if you want to put it bluntly, yeah. he was kind of gentrifying, um, you know, artists yeah. like Little Richard and Ray Charles, um, putting a very like, uh, very, I don't know, wholesome face on Pedestrian this. Yeah, on this or- music that was kind of, that had a swing to it and was, you know, like subtly kind of uh, sexual. Like he really smoothed yeah. it out. So he had a lot of hits at the time. Um, I want to say he was the Iggy Azalea of the 50s, but I don't think that's accurate. It <laughs> sounds catchy though. <laughs> so do you feel like, so by that token, would Iggy Azalea be like the non-ironic version of Pat Boone? I mean, he, was, was Pat Boone he wasn't ironic then. Yeah, uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in yeah, in nineteen ninety seven he did a cover album called In a Metal Mood, No More Mr. Nice Guy, which was a whole <laughs> album of like semi tongue in cheek lounge jazz covers of metal songs. And um I remember this being pretty controversial at the time because he did um yeah, Judas Priest, I think Iron Maiden Dio, uh Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the like eighties classics and um metalheads are not always known for having a sense of humor so you can imagine how they took it um but yeah yeah i was excited to talk about this one because i've always wanted to listen to the whole album i did not get a chance but this cover actually i surprisingly liked it more than i thought i would um yeah like the arrangements real fun and like kind of zips around uh i mean his voice is fine it's what it is um, it would be better if like it was more sincere or more wacky, if anything. But yeah, the sax solo is like full on bebop, so it just rips. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I feel like a lot of things can be vastly improved with a sax solo, mm. and like I know there's definitely a uh, I don't know, like a market for people just being like sax solo just for shits and giggles but no i genuinely love a good sax just like record there's sax a, on existing songs or something yeah, yeah yeah there's a death metal band there's a death metal band called rivers of nile mm. and it's spelled n-i-h-i-l um yeah i think it's supposed to be like for like so nihilism, like nihilism yeah. yeah and so they were just a pretty just run-of-the-mill death metal band and they released an album their last album two years ago and people would people were just enraged they were like shocked they were amazed they were this death metal band and then they incorporated some saxophone <laughs> into a couple of their songs just like some people were like this doesn't belong in death metal and other people were like like me it's like it's fucking amazing yeah i really need to hear incredible. that album it's amazing yeah. like listen to it check it out um, um would you say this is perhaps where richard cheese got the idea to do lounge covers of you know, songs that aren't lounge songs. Possibly. Like, I don't know the timeline. In fact, I will look it up. And then, like, Weird Al, when did he factor in? Oh, Weird Al was doing covers in the 80s. Yeah. So then did he, is he, like, the proto? He wasn't doing covers. He was doing parodies. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Apparently, Richard Cheese developed the idea, uh, not his real name, um, in the mid-1990s. 
when he was working as a producer on radio. Um, but like for some reason, the swing revival was like a thing in the nineties. I couldn't really tell you why, yeah. but it was just like in the air. So it was like almost inevitable yeah. that someone would do this. That was one of the th- things my mum used to. Um, she used to want to go to the RSL because, like, and we knew a couple of the people in the swing band, but she wanted to go see the swing band. Mm. Fuck, I hated it. I do not like swing <laughs> really? music. There's always that one song. It's like do 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 I believe yeah. that's uh, Glenn Miller in the mood. Yeah. Yes, it I is. I believe I'm not going to argue with you on that and <laughs> just take your word. So um, what What do you two think of this cover? Have you had a chance to listen? Yep. We listened to everything yep. before. Uh, you got me mad now. Um, yes, we did listen to everything beforehand. We did our homework. We did. I find this kind of infuriating. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can appreciate the musicality of it, but I just find the concept infuriating. I got that. And I don't know why, because you know me, like I love a good chop and screw when it comes to making something sound like something else. That's funny because you aren't even a metalhead no. and you're, you're reacting to it I like metalheads reacting to it. And because it was, because he also like a, tried to, I think he thought, he might have been making a joke about it, but like he wore all leather and everything. To get <laughs> Definitely this. a joke. Which yeah. I guess, look, that was Judas Priest's look, but also. That was kind of Rob Halford at a time before he was well, at a time when he was still in the closet, being like, "Yeah, hey, like this is S and M," and like people people who knew knew, and he was sort of winking at them, <laughs> and everyone else was like, "Yeah, that's a badass look." Yeah, well, it was. <laughs> it was. <And> it remains. <laughs> so it was. And end of end of discussion. <laughs> so yeah, that's my take on it. Um, look as a. As a metalhead, it doesn't offend me. Um, I just... I love that you employed that the same way as, like, as a mother, I think this. <laughs> as a mother, I think uh, we should head. all utilise the power of crystals to heal ourselves. Yeah. Um, no, like, I think it's, like, everything works. I think it's fine. Does a good job. Good on you, Pat Boone. Oh, Patty. <laughs> Is he British by any chance? No, he's very no, American. Uh, just the name Pat Boone. It just sounds like something that would have been huge in Britain in the 80s. Anyway. Mm. Um, so a sound-alike version of Pat Boone's cover was then used as the theme song for the Osbournes. That's a, yeah, that's a weird fact mm-hmm. because I always thought it was his version that was the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, no, someone else recorded one and then... Uh, that became the theme, which is weird because I know Pat Boone's version from the soundtrack album to the Osbournes. Like it's on there, ah. but the theme version isn't. So who knows what happened there? Yeah. It wouldn't, would it have been anything to do with licensing or no? Like probably a money thing. Yeah. Probably would have cost yeah, more than Pat Boone. But then again, they, yeah, again, they put him on that album. So that's so weird. And apparently he was a former neighbor of the Osbournes. that's oddly wholesome um i'm just for my own benefit i'm looking at the track listing and good lord what a comp the osborns yeah yeah i mean i don't know what i expected who's on there uh kelly obs yep 
Um, ooh, who else? A guy called Geezer Butler. He's the bassist of Black Sabbath. <laughs> what a name. I borrowed this album from the library back in the day, I think. so. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I never borrowed CDs from the library for some reason, but it was a really common thing for kids in our age group. Especially if you had a CD banner. Totally. I, know, I don't know yeah. why it never occurred to me. I, oh, I never didn't. did it either, but yeah. yeah. I did too much but- of it. Perhaps. <laughs> I feel like it's worked out to your favour because you know the most about music of anyone I've ever met. Wow, we so, are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say to that. So do we have any opinions on the sound alike or shall we forge ahead? No, I mean, forge no ahead. opinions. Yes, forge ahead. <laughs> Excellent. Serge Tankian yeah. and Tom, Tom Morello. So Serge of System of a Down and Tom Morello of... Rage Against the Machine, Audio Prophets Story? of Rage, Audio Slave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Serge, did Serge Tankian have another band or was it just his solo stuff? He he only had solo. The other one, Scars on Broadway, was like the other guys. That's right. Yeah, mm. that's right. It was the bassist and the guitarist. I could not stand the guitarist singing <laughs> voice. And he, he sort of became, like, I got the feeling like he was, like, very much demanding that he sang more in later albums. Yeah, right. his voice, yeah. like, it makes a good contrast to Serge's, but, like, you don't really want to hear him sing solo, you know? Nah, not at all. <laughs> not in the slightest. So, yeah, Serge and Tom collaborated on a cover for the tribute album Immortal Randy Rhodes, The Ultimate Tribute, which was released in 2015. Thoughts on this um, one? This is where I was talking about, like, another sort of weird singer. Mm. Mm. Serge's voice is extra weird on this song, I feel. Um, But it's, like, you get Tom Morello on there and I kind of expect to hear something that I could kind of link it to Tom Morello and it's... Something you could, like, break the law to. Yeah, yeah. Stick your middle finger up. But he's also... He's not just, like... He's not just a really good guitarist, he's a clever guitarist. Like, mm, he yeah. can do lots of really interesting things with more than just the strings and the frets on a guitar. He's a really, like, he's kind of a genius on the guitar, and I want to hear that, not just do the exact same song. I think he does play mm. a pretty weird solo on this, though. It's, like, more shreddy than usual for him. Ah. Like, he is using the whammy bar, like, the octave pedal and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I I still love Tom Morello, so he's a D and D player. So oh, true. <laughs> I think a man after your own heart. I mean, so is Vin Diesel, and I don't really like Vin Diesel too much. So, <laughs> um, what do you think of it, Richard? I um I listened to a lot of covers of the song, and like most of them weren't very notable to me. But again, I want to bring this up because mm-hmm. I think Serge is like one of the only other singers who's like weird enough to pull off the lyric. 
Um, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Otherwise, the cover is just okay. Like the mix is very dull, especially compared to the Forever the Sickest Kids one. Um, yeah. Weirdly, it features um, one of Ozzy's bassists, but not the original. And it features the second Black Sabbath drummer who <laughs> did not play on Ozzy's solo records. He was the drummer on the Dio Sabbath albums. Right. Um, just one of those weird metal things where, like, they every few years will get all these musicians to form, like, kind of all-star collaborations and knock out a tribute album, hey like, now. in two days. Hey so very yeah. much a product of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like it's a sometimes kind of overblown thing, like those sort of supergroup kind of things where it's just like this person and this person and this person collaborated on this one cover and it's just kind of like, but why? Did you ever listen to Roadrunner United, Richard? Yeah, I don't remember much of it, but I have wanted to go back to it. No. I mean, I've got the CD if you want it. Yeah. (laughs) Perhaps. I'm not going to listen to it again. Uh, But that was like 2005, right? Like a lot of Roadrunner metal and metalcore musicians like uh, wrote an entire original album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so basically what they would do is they'd pull out, like it was all Roadrunner musicians, but they'd yeah. pull out, um, like, I think they did one, it was like Joey Jordison from Slipknot, um, Glenn Benton from Deicide, a couple other dudes, and they would put a song together. Oh, they had okay. another one where it was like Michael um, Michael Graves from uh, Prior, like the the previous Misfits singer did a song with a couple other people. And right. It was interesting, but I feel like... It's really forgettable at the same mm. time. More interesting in theory. It's sh- yeah. It's a shame when those kinds of projects are forgettable because, like, in theory, that sounds really cool. But it's not the same as, like, a super group where people might take a bit of time to really sort of gestate the idea of coming together, whereas this it was like you, 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 and you do a song. Even just the thought experiment of it, though, like, I love that idea. Yeah. So it's a shame that they didn't spend a bit more or assumedly didn't spend a bit more time sort of hashing out like these guys would work really like mm. yeah cuz i that's kind of the equivalent of like let's be silly and swap our instruments around like and i don't think they got huge with it so like i said like they had Joey Jordison for one song i don't think they got like Corey Taylor or mm. they could have had Chad fucking Kroger from Nickelback <laughs> because he was signed they were signed to road i don't know if they still are but they were signed to roadrunner at the time that was a huge get for them yeah my Richard hand very politely has been raised hand up. yeah um oh what was i gonna say oh i was gonna say like that that format of like musicians just getting together like i feel like it very much works for jazz um i mean yeah it it doesn't always but um they would like swap their bands around constantly whereas in a rock format because you have to kind of like write verse chorus songs it's like not going to be the same yeah anyway there was there was another cover uh, done in similar circumstances by D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, which um, wasn't super notable, but I just want to mention it because, again, he's like a peer of Ozzy and also delivered a pretty good vocal, I think, on that. So, is it? So I tried looking into it. Is it D. Snyder or is it Twisted Sister themselves? It's that, that definitely D. Snyder. Might yeah. have been mislabeled, like LimeWire style, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I find, like, when Sam was showing me, for me, it's just kind of like, but why did they cover it? Because were they relatively close in, like, era? This like, is, oh, like, Twisted Sister and Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Yeah, were. So, yeah, I find it interesting. Like, a lot, 
I feel like those kinds of metal bands covering metal bands within a similar time frame is kind of common. Is that correct? Well, yeah, I explained and, and that's why it sort of strikes me as a little bit interesting because if it's Dee Snyder, then that's coming along well after, you know, their best days in Twisted Yeah, Sister. that's like a 2010s cover or something. Right. Yeah, so, so like, that definitely, I feel like that definitely was a thing that, you know, metal and rock bands would do back in the 80s and 70s would be they would cover bigger bands. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know for what purpose. Yeah. Other than maybe, hey, we've got to get this out and we don't have we don't have an entire album length worth of song or an entire EP's worth of songs, so we'll put a couple of covers on or maybe they just like the songs and want to do them. Yeah. Or, I don't know. We, we base our whole podcast around cover songs, <laughs> so true, you're questioning it. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Why well, there's so many punk ghost compilations, you know, just like, do you think they should just stop, you know, punk, punk stops? Well, I mean, I mean, we've still got about five years worth we've of We've got our work cut out content. until 2024, I think, so yeah. we're good. I love it. That's reassuring. But yeah. say, like, going back, <laughs> going back to the song, though, I am a, I don't know if I'd say I'm a Twisted Sister fan, but I love Stay Hungry, mm. the album Stay Hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've really listened much past that. They did like a, Christmas album, mm-hmm. which is just so cheesy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so cheesy. But um, no, like Stay Hungry, it's one of those, like I think you, they flirted with hair metal, but not quite. Like So they, they had like the new, they were from New York, whereas everyone else was from Cali right. or England, like Def Leppard and Whitesnake. Yeah. Yep. That uh, still blows my mind. I know. Both of them. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I um, I I but yeah, so like I love Twisted Sister, but this was just yeah, just another version of it of Crazy Train. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's exactly fine. So our penultimate cover is it's two more. Yep, that's correct. So penultimate means second to last. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. I'm learning words. Um, is by Puddles Pity Party. And let me just say off the top, I fucking hate the concept of this guy. I know he's been around for a while, but Jesus Christ. One person conditioned to rule and control. The media sells it and you live the role. Mental wounds still screaming, driving me insane. I'm going off the rails on a crazy train. So let me, I'll come in and say, so this is an acoustic cover of the song, um, as you will know that because we've just played it for you. And Puddles is a clown. And let me just, I'm going to, I'm going to come in, come on defense for, for clowns. Not all of them are John Wayne Gacy. Not all of them are those idiots that were going around because it was coming out again in 2016. They're not all terrible people. Hashtag Some of them not all clowns. Hashtag all not all clowns. <laughs> they're not all edgelords who love the Joker. Sometimes they're just a clown is just a clown. It's just so yeah. Before we actually unpack the song, there's just something about fucking just. I just do not like clowns. I do not like their aesthetic, and it's not like I'm scared of them. I just don't like them. Like. They just upset me deeply. So, 
yeah, that's where I'm at with this one. Richard, what do you think of Puddles mm. and his pity party? So he with regard to the cover. He looks like John Malkovich. He does actually. He um <laughs> yeah, he looks like John Malkovich, but with the height of Kane the wrestler. Um yeah. but that's Kane! <laughs> anyway, I think Puddles got famous via um uh postmodern jukebox. America's got talent. Yes. One, one yes. or the other. I don't know. Um because he he definitely has a good singing voice. Um yeah. absolutely. It's just uh, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't always work. It's very determined by the song choice and the arrangement. Like it can be quite poignant or it can be like really forced, especially when you're like a YouTube star who has to put out a video a week, you know? So this one like didn't like, actually it got better as I listened through it. Um, And what about that shock ending? How it turns into message in a bottle by the police, the police. Yeah. The um, the video says a crazy train surprise ending. Which, was, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know, it works. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't that. I wasn't like, uh, oh my god, what have they just done? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like his voice. Um, as you said, though, it is a bit forced. Yeah, uh, and but it does get better throughout throughout the song. The chorus, like he hits that he hits it with the chorus. If there was no video of him, it was just purely an audio recording. I would probably still say the same thing, which is that yeah, good voice. Okay, version. Um, guitarist is whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a gimmick. He's got a good gimmick. Yeah, doesn't add much to this song, but yeah, quite like Kane the wrestler. Yeah, uh, the current mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Second best gimmick after the second best gimmick of all time after the Undertaker. I can respect that. Yeah, he had a few good things, on, which we will not talk about right now, but. Thank you. <laughs> well, if you cover Finger Eleven uh, during the lifetime of this poem, we do not. Ah, damn. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'll just. I'm. One day we'll set this up, and I'll just go and enjoy my life, and you guys can record. You just get it all. Like you make it sound like we're just going to be never ending talking about wrestling. I mean, how about that Chris Benoit documentary? <laughs> huh? Oh, I know. Anyway, um, just. Acknowledging its existence. The Melodica Brothers. I'm going on the rails on a regular train. It's just a normal train, baby. So we covered them on the... They did Duhast. So a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, the Melodica Brothers did a version on the ukulele. And theirs is regular train. So as opposed to a crazy train, they are yep. on the rails on a regular train. And <laughs> me two weeks into self-isolation just thought that was the funniest thing I've heard <laughs> in a million years. I thought the funniest thing was, and I'm really impressed, I've never heard sweet picking on a fucking ukulele. <laughs> yeah, it can be done. The, the, the dude does sweet picking for the guitar solo on the ukulele. I'm going to send you a ukulele shred video from like 1940 after this. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah um, I looked them up and I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense that the Italian, because, you know, they, yeah, sing with a bit of an accent. Um I just want yeah. to object, object to the fact that this was not a cover recorded on a train. They recorded it separately and they lip synced to it on a train. <laughs> you can tell that that dude, 
there's parts where I'm, I get the feeling like he's sort of pretty nervous to be yeah. performing on a train. Like he, I don't think he likes uh, doing that out in public. No. no. So extra points to him for being brave. Like I, there's parts where it's, he's sort of like looking behind him. I get the feeling he, he was very relieved when that shoot was done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that train looks very empty, but there's a couple parts where you can see some people. So yeah. Oh, that's another song that they did was they did a uh, happy version of Hammer Smash Face by Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. What, was that called something nice. different? No, just Hammer Smash Face. Ha- Hammer Repaired Face? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. When you've got a nail so, like poking yeah, I have, <laughs> I have a soft spot for uke covers purely because I love the Wellington International Ukulele Orchestra. Ah. Um, so. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a orchestra formed or an ensemble of ukulele players based in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, and that this is exactly their whole thing is that they just do really excellent covers of just contemporary pop songs. Um, inclu- or, yeah, one of the notable bleh, Jesus Christ, one of the notable members. Thank you is Brett from Flight of the Concords. Mm. Hence, say it correctly, Brett. Thank you. Hence why I enjoy them so much. Um, so, yeah, just a little slice of Kiwiana. So I, as soon as I heard the ukulele, I was like, yep, I'm sold. So, yeah, if you're looking for something to fill your days of isolation, I can thoroughly recommend chucking on some Wellington International Ukulele Orchestra. Brett can do with some love. Yeah. Yeah, what is he this doing is these true. days? Um, Not being Jermaine. He does a lot of stuff for like films and mm. stuff. We did the set the score for uh, the Muppets. Movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, he wrote the Muppet Man song and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, Oscar nominated. Like, I believe. Yes. So, yeah, he's he's still around. He's just doing his thing, apparently. Um, yeah, can't say I keep tabs on him personally, but yeah. I I'm sure he's doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's doing fine. <laughs> Do we have any more thoughts we want to add to Melodica Brothers or just in general? Uh I, I didn't love this version, but I did get a chuckle out of the concept, I would say. I wouldn't like go and listen yeah. to it, but yeah, it exists. Yeah, that's true. Uh Samuel, do you have anything you'd like to say? Um, yeah, like it's, it's inoffensive. I think that the whole point is that it's inoffensive. Uh, they're definitely very good at what they do. And I've made it very clear that I'm a sucker for when I can hear your, you know, your hometown in your singing mm. voice. Um, as I said, I'm, you know, I've never heard sweet picking on a ukulele before. So that was great. Um, <laughs> do you yeah. play the uke, Richard? Yeah, I, I own one, but it's not very good. It's like one of those twenty dollar like ones. Yeah. So um uh actually no, I'm not actually not very good at the uke because it um the tunings are all very different, so the chord shapes kinda get oh. me. Um Oh, I did not realise. I just assumed it was like guitar but make it small. Yeah, kinda. Of. I, I have a funny story. I was gonna when I was in high school, I was going to teach one of my friends the guitar and he was going to come around and do guitar lessons and everything. And I was like, you got a guitar? He's like, yeah, I've got a guitar. <laughs> and he comes over with a fucking ukulele. Did he know it was a uke? Yeah, he knew it was a uke. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, that's a ukulele. He's like, yeah. I'm like, 
that's not a guitar. And he's like, yeah. I was like, wow. I don't know how to play the ukulele, bro. <laughs> he's like, so what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. Maybe I can show you damn it on the ukulele, but we're not going to be able like, this isn't going to work like, until you get a guitar. Wow. Oh, man. Maybe that should be my project while I'm housebound. Is the guitar, not the ukulele. Oh, but I feel like the ukulele is theoretically easier, or is mm-hmm. that not correct? Probably not correct. No, I, I think it is. You can't do as much on a ukulele, but um, just for, like, accompanying yourself, it's, like, two fewer strings to worry about, so. Yeah. So is the bass guitar. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, bass is, bass is pretty easy. I mean, it's as difficult yeah. as you want to make it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever heard of Tech Death Band? Uh, Yes, I have, Sam Merrifield. <laughs> I've listened to Necrophagist. I've listened to Ooh. bass clarinet covers of Necrophagist about a decade ago, but yes. Yeah, it's been a while since I've listened to Necrophagist. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, I have to ask you guys this question, as it is written in our contract for doing this. Hell yeah or yeah nah? <laughs> Hell yeah on both regards. Mm-hmm. I may have sounded a bit negative in parts, but no, it's an iconic song. Um, and yeah, pop metal. I love it. Get amongst it. Get amongst it. Yeah, hell yeah for me on, yeah, on both counts. Not on every cover, but on some of them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's a double hell yeah for me as well. So Woo. just hell yeahs all round. All aboard. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So if you made it this far into our episode, uh, thank you for listening. Richard, as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on a slight Um, delay. Oh, no, of course. And, yeah, no, our virtual door is always open. So you can jump on as many or as few episodes as you you would like to during this. I hate at the moment how, like, we don't have a way to refer to this period, so it's just these uncertain times yeah. or this strange time, like, because anything else feels insensitive, but then that just sounds so, like, wanky. I don't know. How and because it's so indefinite as well, like, who knows when it's going to end? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, obviously, during these uncertain times, but also beyond that, you are always welcome to join us here at punk goes pod thank you um yeah if anyone wants to get in touch with us hey we had a bit of a spike in listenership though we did which was good we were going through a bit of a slump so obviously people being inside (laughs) people are bored as shit apparently so that's good um but yeah hit us up at punk goes pod at gmail.com or on twitter at punk goes pod um we also just started a Reddit account. Ah, cool. We did. So user Punk Goes Pod. Yeah, look, we're just slowly but surely taking over the socials. Yep. So next week we are looking at Sun, spelled S-U-N for reference, by Daphne Loves Derby as performed and then covered for Punk Goes Acoustic 2. Yes. Uh, but until next week, we still haven't come up with a funny closer. So, Richard, I'm going to handball this one to you. I, I've been thinking about the phrase uh, coronavirus in the time of neoliberalism. So Ooh, it has nothing to do like with anything, that. but 
that's, I don't know. We're going <laughs> off the rails on a crazy train. Amazing. Goodbye. <laughs> Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with this world.